by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Give a nice Horn Lake, Mississippi welcome to our senior pastor, Dr. Steve Vickers. Well, thank you, Pastor. Praise God. Uh, it's such a joy to be here. Um, it's been a while since I've been able to be here. Some of you I rem- uh, know, and some of you are new faces. Uh, I'm just glad I still got a face uh, <clears throat> and uh, still here. Uh, but uh, I love this church. I love your... How many of you think you have the best pastors in the world? Come on. I think you ought to stand on your feet and give God a big clap offering for your pastors. Come on. Praise God. Stretch your hands towards them. Please remain standing. Stretch your hands toward them. Those of you around them, just lay your hands on them. Father, we thank you for this couple, Guy and Angie who have submitted their hearts and their lives and literally laid their lives down and like a, and they've been willing to pour their lives out, as Paul said, like a drink offering because of their love for you and their love for the people. And God, you and you alone know the cares, the, the heartaches, the struggles, the pains, the disappointments, and the burdens that they must carry, they do because of their faithfulness to you and because of their love for this people. Only you know, can know that. Jesus, you sweat great drops of blood in the garden because of carrying the cares of humanity. Now, I pray for a special grace to come upon your past, these pastors here. I pray, O oh Father, you strengthen, encourage their hearts and give them strength to run the race ahead for the great things and the great days that you have ahead for this church. I thank you, Lord, that all of their desires, their longings, everything that they hope for, both for this church and for their lives and their families, God, that you fulfill it because you love them so. And you count their obedience as a great trophy for you. We give you praise. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. Hey, guys, listen, let me tell you. Denise and I planted a church in 1980. We didn't know how to pastor. We didn't. I could spell it. Uh, And that's about it. I had no clue. We had been traveling all over the country, preaching anywhere uh, a door would open and winning souls and planting churches and doing, you know, just doing what we could. But, you know, I, we'd never pastored and never thought we could pastor. But God spoke to us. And uh, it was so much fun going in and preaching in an area. 
I'd go into places, you know, not, not sometimes in churches, but we'd go into places where there wasn't a church. And we'd just start preaching, you know, and people start getting saved. And, and you have all that fun time. It's all new, you know. It's like a couple dating or and they're, and they're in love and all that. And it's just fun, you know. And then I'd go to the next place, you know. And, uh, you know, I never knew, you know, like the guy, you know, if I... If it was a work that got planted and put a pastor in there, I thought, praise God, they're having the same fun I am. And, and I go to the next place and do that. And then we just, God called us to pastor. We were, okay, I don't know what to do, but I'll just do what I've been doing, preach Jesus, you know. Get up and brag on him and, and see what the Holy Spirit does. But I'm telling you what, it was a whole different thing. Because you take, you start carrying the load of the people. You love them. You pour your life out. And the joy is when you see God do a work in their lives. But then then there's also the heartache of when it doesn't work. Because it's just like a marriage. It takes two people, doesn't it? One person can't make it work. And, uh, you know, through the years of pastoring, you know, we would just, my wife and I just have to encourage each other. You know, and just kept encouraging one another. And, uh, you know, every once in a while, someone would write us a little note and we actually get a letter back in the day where people send letters. You know what those are, are they? Uh, <clears throat> it's not bills or, uh, you know, advertisements. It's actually a letter from somebody. But anyway, we'd get a letter or either, you know, someone uh, would come up to us after service or, or someone would drop by our house and, and just say, hey, listen. We gotta tell you, uh, I like one. I remember a couple stopped by, and you know we didn't. As a matter of fact, they didn't know. We were thinking, man, you know, we've given and given and given, and there's just really nothing left to give. You kind of feel like you're, and you know, you think the pastors, you know, they get this super powerful spiritual thing that God's just pouring in them, so that you can all come drink from it. Well, there are people just like you, you know. And my wife and I, you know, just like, I don't know if we get any more to give. And a couple comes up, you know, says, I hate to bother you, but, you know, we just had to share. We were talking about what God's doing in our lives. We were a mess. We were both on drugs and, and we were living together. Now we're married and we're free. And, and just thank you so much. We can't tell you what the church means to us. Thank you for obeying God. What do you think that was doing with us? We're standing there talking to them trying to keep from falling on the ground on our faces and bawling like a baby. Because it was like Jesus said, hey, you got to go, go encourage them because, boy, they're going through it, you know. And I'm going to just say this. You know, when you think about, oh, I, I just appreciate my pastors, pray for them right then. And also, let them know. Let them know, okay? Because the devil tries to always remind you of what the ones that didn't work with. Of what didn't happen. Of what God didn't do. You know. You're praying for somebody in the church and they die. And then you feel like I'm responsible. I didn't believe God enough. I'm supposed to lead, be the leader. And, and you know you're dealing with all kinds of things. But love on your pastors. Because I tell you they're a gift from God. The Bible says in Ephesians 4. That God gave them to you. To equip you for what God has for you. You know, so be grateful for him. Amen? Amen. Is that okay? Then I want to say one thing about when the, the sister 
Where's the lady that did the offering? Uh, is she in here? Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. I really, you do that so good. Uh, and I appreciate it. But uh, I want to share just briefly this little story. I'd just gotten saved. Now, I was saved out of the world. I wasn't a church person that finally got saved. I was saved and didn't go to church. Okay. 24 years of age, Denise and I have been married. Uh, my wife and I have been married uh, uh, four years. And um, uh, I spent most of that time overseas in the military. But I got saved, just got a little job, wasn't making any money, and was going to church. We had no food in the house. The only thing we had in our refrigerator was water in two forms. It was liquid and frozen. We had ice in the freezer and a jug of water in the refrigerator. That was it. And there wasn't a thing, not one single slice of bread, not even a stale rotten banana. Nothing was in the cabinets. No food. We had a little, our oldest daughter, Stacy, was a little baby. Uh, uh, that uh, was uh, one year old, a little over a year old. And we're going to church, and on the way, Denise said, what are, you, what are we going to do? Because I just started this job, wasn't making any money. And I said, I don't know, you know. I said, doing the best I can, and I got nobody I can go to to try to borrow some money just to make it, you know. And uh, she said, well, are we going to we have to loop, move on the streets? What are we gonna? I said, I don't know. I said, let's just, you know, I don't know. We get to the church, and the uh, they had an evangelist there. Evangelist drove up in a brand new Lincoln car, big Lincoln Town cars. Got out, and his wife had diamond rings on, and he was dressed in a beautiful suit. And he's preaching, and boy, he preached. And I'm telling you, God was doing things. And and the pastor got up and he said, "I've never done this before." And he said, "But he said, instead of just you know taking a burger off, and he said, I want to challenge every one of you to give." your best. Well, I'd gotten paid that day and I had a $20 bill, my pay, in my wallet. And we were going to try to figure out how to pay a house payment, how to buy the food we could buy to feed our family to last to the next Friday, next weekend. And I had that $20 bill. And he said, I'm going to challenge you to give... The biggest bill you have in a while. Well, I only had one bill. And I sat there and I knew he wasn't talking to me. Because I had to pay a house payment. Which I didn't have enough. I was going to try to pay something on it. And then have something to go buy at least some food for my family. To last a week. And the Holy Spirit, wouldn't you know it? Isn't something, you don't see him, but he's here? He's here? Because he said, Jesus said, if two of you will get together in my name, I'll be there. My Holy Spirit's going to be there. Everybody say, he's here. He is. He is. He is here. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, son, he said, would you like to learn a lesson 
that you can live off the rest of your life? Well, I'm scared to say yes because I'm thinking what may be the next statement. Because I heard what the preacher said. So I said, well, what are you going to say to God? How do you say, I mean, how do you say no to God? How do you? So I said, yes, sir. And he said, then I want you to take that $20 bill. And the pastor had said, I want you to bring it up and lay it on the altar. He said, I want you to take that $20 bill and I want you to go lay it on that altar. My heart, anybody know what I'm talking about? Your heart's beating out of your chest. You feel like it's about to beat out and fall on the ground. And uh, I'm shaking, I'm scared. And you think, a $20, hey guys, I had to try to keep a house and put some food for a whole week. All right? And two, I'm a man, and I'm supposed to be a provider for my family. So I'm dealing with that. I reached, got my wallet, and Denise looks at me. And I started to pull that out, and she looked at me like, what are you doing? And I, you know, I couldn't say anything. I just looked at her, and I pulled that thing out. That $20 bill seemed like it was about 12 feet long. But I realized I was holding it on the other end. So I finally got it out, and I stood to my feet, and it, all of a sudden, it looked like... You see from those movies where all of a sudden it's like uh, everything disappears and it's just the path they're going? It did that for me, and it looked like that aisle was about three miles long. <laughs> and I pulled that $20 bill out, and every step up there, the devil was shouting, You're a fool. You're an idiot. She ought to leave you. You can't provide. You're not... Don't you know the Bible says that if you don't provide for your family? And I'm walking down that aisle and I'm just, you know, I wasn't talking to God. I was just trying to obey. I laid that $20 bill on that altar. And when I did, I'm telling you, something changed in me. It was like something was broken off of me. And I felt literally like a man that just had some chains fall off him. And I really believe I did. And I walked back to my seat and I felt so free and good. It was like you'd have thought I had a million dollars waiting on me at the house. We went home. And I wasn't, both of us, she wasn't bothered, I wasn't bothered. We didn't have a penny to our name. We had no way. No way to provide anything for the next week. We didn't, could where's the next meal coming from? We got a baby. We get home and our, you know, walk in the back door and our kitchen was right there and the refrigerator was right there at the back door and our phone, little phone hanging on the wall right there. As soon as we stepped in the door, the phone rang and uh, my wife answered it. And she said, I don't have to. I know what's in there. 
Well, I don't need to. I already know what's in there. There's nothing in there. All right, I'll do it. And she opened up the freezer and meat fell out. It was stocked. And, they, and the next thing, she opened up cabinet, stuff all in there. And they opened up the refrigerator, full of stuff. Denise and I started crying. The couple, our neighbors, on the, on the that our backyards met to join. He was a butcher at uh, uh, back then, A and P store, and uh, over the meat market. One of the, and the man, one of the managers, he was the meat market manager and the butcher. He's working that day before I ever got off work. I'm out working before I ever got my $20. I'm working. And the Lord spoke to him, and he'd never been at church since he and uh, a, a day. When he and his wife ran off to get married, they were too young, so they re- eloped. They got married, never went to church. Didn't know God. Wouldn't know him if he wore, wore a purple suit and came up and said hi. And But he's there working and a voice, something, he said something spoke to me and said, I want you to uh, get the best cuts of meat and you're going to fill the freezer and you're going to buy groceries for the refrigerator and the pantry or the cabinets for that couple, for Stephen and Denise. And we didn't really know each other that well. We just met. And I'll tell you what, I learned a lesson right there. God, I want to make God my source. And I'm telling you, I'm here standing here before you and tell you he's never failed. He's never failed. And there's been times when Denise and I have given everything we had. And we've never wondered, what are we going to do? Because that hand has never been empty. When I give him the little in my hand, he gives me the lot that's in his hand. And that's, listen, that's true not just about, money is a, you you realize your money is a a teacher. It's a, it's a, uh, what do they call it, where it's a lesson that you uh, get to see, you know. It's an example. God uses it to teach us spiritual things. That's why Jesus said, the Father can't trust you with spiritual things, and he can trust you with the natural things. And if you can't handle natural things, then God will not give to you spiritual things. You know? I don't know why I said all that. But, you know, that changed my life, and it guided our life. For years, we traveled and preached. Never had, you know, and we would, as soon as we get the offering, we'd give it back to the preacher. Because we were determined... Now, that's not saying you've got to give everything away. But I'm telling you, we were putting God to the test. And he's never failed a test. Never failed a test. And then there came time, you know, where we had to start believing God for a lot bigger things. But we knew the same God that took a $20 bill from an insignificant boy that didn't know anything about God but just gotten saved and what God did with that we knew he'd never change amen I hope maybe that was for somebody well I want to talk to you this morning about 
And what time? Let's see. I see that 1121. When do we need to be finished? 1130? <laughs> uh, can you give me a few? How many of you give me like 10 minutes? Well, there's 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. All right, no. I'm kidding. I want to talk to you for a little bit here about one of my favorite subjects. And we'll see how far we can go in this. And hopefully the, I trust the Holy Spirit to help us in it. But our freedom in Christ. Our freedom in Christ. And on my journey of discovering Jesus. You know when. Jesus was calling the disciples, you know, he's going along and he's, you know, in his just 30 years of age and he's talking to these guys that are in their early 20s and, you know, mid-20s and he looks over at them and he says, hey, come on, let's walk, come on, go for a walk with me. Let's go for a walk. They didn't know that walk was going to be three and a half years. (laughs) But they did, you know, and it, And it changed their lives. And it changed our lives. Because the gospel went forth. And they, and after the resurrection of Jesus, they began to, you know, the lives they affected. And we're here today doing it. But in that, in my journey with the Lord, the discovering, and as we walk with Him, you know, we discover things. You know, like, uh, you, you know, when uh, <clears throat> just as as they went along, he would be teaching or he'd be talking or he'd be doing something. And in that process, I can just imagine, you know, uh, that Peter turned to John and said, man, did you see that? Man, wow. And they start talking with one another. And John said, yeah, that just, man, I didn't even realize that. And every little thing that he did, can you imagine how they were soaking it up and just taking it all in and trying to absorb every moment. And every step of the way, there was just more of the understanding of the Father and the understanding of, 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 of the kingdom of God. Revelation continued to come. And in my walk with Jesus, getting saved out of the world and I was in everything in the world I was a good sinner there's if you know what I mean by wasn't good but I was good at sinning and when I got saved I determined I went 100% for sin I want to go 100% for God but there's a lot of things I had to come out of to come into I got born again, but the growth and development and learning Jesus was a path, was a journey. It didn't just happen when I got saved, and and it didn't just happen in some services. It happened as I walked out my life with Him, and I'm walking out of, and I'm walking into, and I'm walking out of, and I'm walking into. Does that make sense? And one of the things that God really had to help me 
grasp and understand was our freedom in Christ. What he came to do in our lives. And that it was important, it's vitally important for him to be able to use me that I understand the freedom, how free I am in him. Because the enemy wants to try to keep you bound up in your struggles. Your internal struggles. Some of the greatest battles we fight are not with some relative or some person on the job or, or uh, you know, something around us. Circumstances do come against us and we go through those. But God faithfully leads us through them, doesn't he? How many of you have come through some things and God was faithful? Of course, we all have. We all have. You can't be a Christian for over 30 minutes and not come through something. All right? And God's faithful. You come through that. But the thing that comes, the issue is the person that's going through it is still that same, still that person. And there's still changes that have to be made continually in that person. Because the greatest struggle, the greatest thing that happens is what happens in us, not to us or around us. And Paul said there's a continual warfare that's going on inside us. And that warfare doesn't mean you're not a good Christian. It means you are a Christian. If there is no struggle, you need to get born again. Now listen to me. So much I want to say and my grandson. Oh, by the way. This is my son, Stephen. Stand up. Come on. I had you. You can do what I say. (laughs) Well, actually, your mother did. And this is my grandson. Stand up. So what you have is Stephen. Stephen, Stephen. This is his son, Stephen. He's just finishing his first year at Vanderbilt on a full scholarship. I'm proud of my kids and my grandkids and my great grandkids uh but and what was i saying (laughs) uh you know that struggle that we go through it is something that is the greatest war the greatest victory that we'll ever win in life and paul in his letters deals a whole lot with it Especially like in the book of Galatians. Boy, he dedicates a whole book there to dealing with that struggle. Where the law wants to come in and the enemy wants to keep you bound to it. And performing and doing and becoming good enough and doing good enough and being good enough and doing all that. And and it's a law. It's a hard taskmaster. And my personality is, you know, I, I have a type A personality. So if we can accomplish 10 things today, we're going to plan 50. And then we're going to get upset when we can't only, we can only do 10, you know. And I've had to learn and grow. And when we, you know, in the early days, I wore people out. I mean, literally wore people out that helped me, you know, whether it was doing evangelism, whatever I might be You know, they were like, oh, my God. Somebody take take up the race, you know. They said you run on batteries, but you know I had that. 
And it was God, but it was also Steve, and I had to come out of that. Had to come out of it. Because I got trapped in this thing that I am what I do, and when I don't, I'm not. Does that make sense? And like when we first heard a pastor, I wouldn't take a day off because I thought it was wrong. But there was a whole lot of things that God had to shed in my life, and we're all, and what the enemy will try to do is bring you back under a yoke of slavery now that you've been freed. You know, there's an instance in the Bible, and hopefully we'll be able to get to my message, where Jesus, there, Jesus stands, you know, the, where he stands and he says, everyone that is weary, worn out, tired, beat down, come to me. And in the, he says, the Bible says, learn to me. And he said, really, really what he said, real, learn me, learn me. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And you know what was happening at that? He's watching the priest. They would preach the law. You know what the law was? You do this and I'll do that. If you obey, you'll get this. But to, to get God's blessing, to get God's favor, to earn what God has promised, you've got to do this. It's all by you working for it and earning it. And it was always telling them, you know, how good how they were not good enough. Some of you went to churches perhaps where the pastor spent a lot of time telling you where you were wrong. And if you weren't in sin, he was going to find out where you were in sin. And preaching a hard, harsh gospel. And Jesus is why and they'd preach that, and then they'd hold this staff up as a symbol. Of, the, of yoking yourself to the law. That I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. Some of you may have been in a church where you rededicated and rededicated. Re, until you wore your rededicator out. <laughs> and you know what? You were trying to do what you can't do. What the law said you can never do. And what God said. I'm going to show you you can't. Oh, I wish I had time. If. I wish we had just a whole day. No, I, I wish we had a whole day where we could just unfold the plan of God. And Jesus watching them, they hold that staff up. And he saw the people, you'd have to bend down to say, I'm under the weight of the law. I'm under the weight of my unworthiness. I'm under the weight of trying to do better. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. Honey, I'm not going to do that again. Kids, I'm not going to do that again. All right. God, I'm not going to do that again. And so he'd, they'd walk under it. And these Jesus is watching that. And he said, hey, are any of you tired? Are any of you weary? Are you worn out? Come to me and learn me. For my yoke, my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Can you imagine how those priests hated him? I was preaching on the radio years ago, and uh, this is back when I was just starting out. And it was a Christian station where I had preacher after preacher. And so God told me, you know, I was going on there, so I go on there, 
And the preacher before me preached the 26 steps to salvation. 26 steps. I had a message, but suddenly what I'm listening to, God gave me a different message. The one step to salvation. And his name is Jesus. And well, that you know, it really made me popular. Because <laughs> the preacher before was close to the owner of the station. But God had to help Steve Vickers shed a lot of things, come out of a lot of things, and learn the rhythms of His grace and learn His life. In Ephesians 2, verse 8, the Apostle Paul, I love the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians is called the book of grace. It's called the book of grace. Now, Galatians deals with grace and the law. You need to study the book of Galatians. You need to study it, read it over and over. And let me tell you, read it slow, you'll learn it fast. Walk through it slow with Jesus. And ask the Holy Spirit, say, Set me free. Because I'm going to tell you, every one of you needs being free. The day we get when we don't need freedom means we're in heaven. All right? God's not, say, God's not finished with me. Put your hand on your heart. Say, God's not finished with me. I don't care how long you've been in this thing. I don't care how long you serve God. Let me tell you what God's still working in you. The day you quit letting God work in you is a sad day in your life. You're headed for trouble. And if you, as long as you'll let God work in you, He's going to work through you. The fruit of what God does through you is the fruit of what He's doing in you. The, what you do is the offspring of who you are. But the book of Ephesians called the book of grace. And it begins with grace. He starts out grace and mercy. To you. And grace, I'm sorry, grace and peace to you. From God the Father and His Son Jesus Christ. Let me tell you. If you ever get to a point in your life where you just feel, I need need peace. I need peace. And hey guys, listen. Let's do something real quick for me. Just humor me in this. All right? I'll be 75 in a few weeks. And so, just humor me as an older man. Bless his heart. Okay? You know, in the South, they, oh, bless your heart. You know what that means? is That was stupid. (laughs) You know? But I want you to do this for me. Just put your hands right here. Just put them right there. Would you all do that for me? Like a little childish illustration. And let's do this. And you know what we're doing? Taking the mask off. I don't have to appear to be something. I can be me. You're giving yourself the freedom to be you in front of us. And us the freedom to be who we are in front of you. That's a... That will be a fun-loving church. 
when we take the mask off. And we're willing, you know, and that means I can be honest. I don't have to be right. I don't have to be good. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be up. I don't have to be victorious. I can be me knowing that by faith I am all of those things. But I'm having to walk into it. Are you willing to accept me while I'm walking into it? Are you willing to love me with my flaws? I was telling my grandson, we were talking on the way over here from Nashville, and and I told him, I said, you know, I've, there's a book I've thought about, not sure, I'm not saying I'm going to, but because uh, I wanted, I said that for God right then. <laughs> I was talking to God, not to y'all. Uh, I wanted to make sure we, in that conversation, because I didn't want him later after I left here to say, okay, now you said, you know, but I've thought about writing a book called Finding Me. And it sounds like it's all about me. But it is finding the real me. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ. Finding me is finding him in the place of me. And oh my God, what a wonderful discovery is to find out Steve Vickers is dead and Jesus is living in here. And I'm really discovering what that's like. My soul is finding out what it's like to live with Jesus being the one and not me. Oh, how liberating that is. And it's interesting, Ephesians starts with grace and it ends with grace be to you, to all of you. I love the book of Ephesians. You know, Paul, is. you read this book of Ephesians and he's stumbling over himself almost in his words. He just, it's almost like he's throwing them up. There's, he's got so much he wants to pour out. He's exceedingly abundantly. He just, I can't say enough. You ever been there? You know what I'm talking about. And he says, for it is by grace. Everybody shout, by grace. grace. No, I said shout it. Yes. There's a lot of times I stand and look at the mountains of my life and say, by grace. That's why the Bible says, cry grace to them. Cry grace to them. Grace. Which means it's not by me, it's all by God. For by grace are you saved. Dear Jesus. I'm sorry guys. I'm doing the best I can. Alright. For by grace you have been saved. Everybody say it's by grace I'm saved. By grace. By grace. By grace. What are you going to st- say when you, when you stand there? When your time is finished and you step out of this life, when you set your first foot there in His presence, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? You know what I'm going to say? Thank you. I mean, it may not be those exact words, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And it may be when he wipes the tears away, it says God will wipe away the tears. I'll say thank you, thank you, 
Thank you. Thank you. I didn't do, do any of this. It's not one thing I did. Not one thing I did. Not one thing. Let me tell you, you're looking at a man that's never done one good thing. Never have I done one good thing in my life. I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For by grace... You are saved. By grace, you are saved. You didn't do anything for it. Isn't it something when God wanted to cut the covenant with Abraham? He had Abraham get everything together, which you and I did. We brought all the sin and our, our sinful selves. We got all the sin together, didn't we? we? We were pretty good at that. I don't know about you, but I was. He had Abraham get all the stuff together, which we did, which man has done. And then he put Abraham to sleep. And then God himself walked through the middle of the sacrifices. God himself. See, we're talking about the old covenant and new covenant. See, actually, the new covenant preceded the old covenant. Because God cut a new covenant. God cut a new covenant. He cut it with Abraham, and he said, in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Not cursed, not judged, not held under strict rules and regulations. Listen, the kingdom of God is not do and don't. It's not even right and wrong. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, we gotta, we've got to discover what I'm doing a poor job of teaching. And that is the freedom, the grace of God in our lives. That is, the, that is the source, the fountainhead, the bedrock of all we are as Christians and all we'll ever be or do. That is it. And until we do, the world is going to feel judged by us. They're going to feel condemned by us. They feel like we're pointing fingers because they're not good enough and we're pointing out their sins or we're wanting to uncover their secret things. And you say, no, we don't say that. But what do we, what, what do we carry with us? Are you listening to me? And until we discover and embrace the grace of God in our own life, listen, my friend, my friend, I'm not talking to the person on either side of you. I'm talking to you. Yeah, but you don't know. I've been in this thing a long time. Good. But it's now, are you in the grace of God? Do you know it? Do you embrace it? Do you live it? I told God when they began to reveal these things to me, and I had to shed a lot, and I was in the ministry pastor when he I wasn't like you and understood all this stuff. I just, no, I didn't. I didn't. I'm not being funny, I'm being serious. And see, I literally told God, I'm not, I can't be in the ministry, you know. And it was true, because those are prophetic words, and I couldn't. So he had to kill me in the process. I had to learn to die. 
I had to learn that Steve Vickers is dead and it's Jesus living in me and his grace. I am, I am the manifestation of the grace. The, and what is the grace about? The love for God so loved. Oh, my father. <laughs> for God so loved the world that he said, my grace set you free. God, and I was, as, and when I was in ministry, there was a time when God said, son, I can't use you because you're going to make slaves of those you're trying to win. Because I'd get them saved and all of a sudden they had to do this and do that and do this and do that. No, I was telling them all the things they had to do. And we got to do that. We're going to do this. This is what you do as a Christian. And I was laying all these. And all of a sudden, they're out. And some of them came to me and said, it was easier being a sinner. The Bible says, the way of the sinner is hard. Why? Because they're living under the law. They're living under it. Paul says, For it is by grace that you have been saved. Now that's, the word saved is everything that God promised. It's all that Jesus did. It's all that he's done, is doing, and will do in our lives. Saved. It's not something that happened to me sometime. It's, it's something that is taking place in me every moment of my life. Every moment. Isn't it something that when the disciples, and this was one of the verses that God drug my stupid self to, my obstinate, determined we're going to do it. And I'm going to get all these people living right. And they're going to do this. And we're going to get busy for God. And we're going to win the world. I had to drag me. And I rebelliously went to the verse where the disciples said, Master, tell us what we must do that we can do the works of God. How can we do the works that we see you doing? And I didn't like what it said. This is the work of God. That you believe. And I found in me a thing. But yeah. That needs to be believe and. And he said as soon as you put the and there. The, believe, the word before belief is no good. You can't believe and. This is the word. That you believe. And I said Jesus. I'm sorry but that's too easy. He said, look at the cross and you'll see how he is it was. And he told me, he said, son, I want you to be a work of my hand. Not take what I've got to save you and then you become a work of your hand. He said, you're, you're, focused, you're too self selfish in this. Stop it. Get out of the law. For by grace you have been saved through faith, through faith. 
Through faith, there's only one doorway. His name is Jesus. But it's, all, it's faith. Believing Him. I've shared with the pastors of the churches, I say, you know, we talk about a lot of things, but I say you build a church by faith. By just simple faith in God. Because everything we do is by faith. How do I make sense of this for you? Galatians 5.1, one of my favorite verses. It says, listen, just listen to me. It says, it was for freedom. Now I'm just, there's different translations you can read. It was for freedom. It was for freedom. It was for freedom. It was for this one thing, freedom. It was for this one thing, freedom, that Christ set you free. The only reason he set you free is that you might be free. That's the only reason. Be free. Be free. Do you have to go to church? Well, I am the church. We are the church. Do I have to go to church to be No. You get to. But follow your heart. Follow the Holy Spirit. Live free. The freedom in Christ, if I follow that, it'll be free. We were, I had a couple, they were, uh, we were uh, in the early days, just uh, early days of ministry, and he, he was aggravated. He told his wife, he said, I just feel like going to get drunk. And he said, I'm going to go get drunk and all that. And we'd come out of stuff, you know. And you get frustrated. And all of a sudden, and his wife was down there talking to Denise and I. They lived in an apartment near us. And she said, Jerry's going to go get, he's going to go back into the world. I'm afraid all this is going to happen. And I said, well, get him over here. So they came over. And they're sitting there. And she's pleading, and she said, Steve, help him. And I said, I am. Jerry, I, I said, Jerry, listen, I'm going to get the keys, and we're going to take you to the uh, little package store, and you can get your uh, six-pack of beer. She looked at me and said, what? <laughs> what? I said, now, Jerry, I just want you to let me know. This is what you want in your heart. Let's forget all the other stuff. What is the Jerry that Jesus is building. And if you say you want it. I'm, I'm cool with that man. I'm not saying you're not saved now. I'll, I'll take you. He sat there. And he looked and shook his head. He said no it's not what I want. It's not what I want. But what if we just said. Jerry you can't. Jerry you can't. As soon as you put the law on someone. You're guaranteed. They're somewhere down the line. They're going to do that or something else. Because. You cannot keep the law. You cannot. You cannot. When God created Adam and Eve in the garden, He did not create them with the ability to keep the law. It's impossible. That's why the law was given. As a mirror, so we see ourselves as we really are. Not to judge us or condemn us, but to just say, hey, you need Jesus, don't you? You need a Savior. You need a Savior. He said it was for freedom that Christ set us free. He said, therefore, 
Therefore, do not allow yourselves for any reason to be brought back under a yoke of bondage. Everything we do as children of God should not be out of a duty, but out of obedience to the Holy Spirit. That's a novel idea. Just follow the Holy Spirit. Walk with Him. Listen, He's walking with you anyway if you're a child of God. He's walked you into those places when you were doing something you shouldn't have done. He didn't leave you. You know? He didn't. I don't... Have you ever... No, I'm not going to say that. But we've all done in our attitude. We've gone there in our heads if we didn't go there in our bodies. You know what I'm saying? Dear Lord, I don't even know how to. And I wanted to help. For by grace we have been saved through faith. This is not of ourselves. We didn't do this. When I said to you earlier, I've never done one good thing. That is not trying to be humble. That's not just a cute saying that maybe will touch you. And neither is it like a woe is me, I'm a loser, my you know, I'm a real failure. It wasn't that. I'm telling you, it's one of the most liberating things, statements the Holy Spirit ever gave me is to realize I can say, I don't and he doesn't want he wants me to be able to say, I've never done one good thing. He's not after me, me doing good things. He's after he just after me a letting him do what he wants to. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been where you felt far, you you know, that your relationship with God just seemed like it was at the bottom? And you felt like you had to almost put on a front and a facade and perform just to be around other Christians. And if they knew where you were, you know. We've all been there. We all have. Because it's part of our journey that's on purpose to where we're not looking at it, depending on ourselves. But you know what's happened in that? I know for me and I know sometime in your life where I'm at that place and sure enough, God uses our life in some way. I've been there so many times, Joe. And as soon as it happens, maybe someone says, man, thank you so much for your life to her. You know, you can just, you all of a sudden, and I say, Lord, this really is you, isn't it? It's not me. So it doesn't matter how I'm feeling. Because 
You're still you. I love this verse, one of my favorite verses. When we are not faithful, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny himself. You know what that tells me? When I have no faith, or I feel like I have no faith, his faith is there. (laughs) His faith is there. What better faith could we have? Well, I'm sorry. I tried. I hope it did help. It was a good message. (laughs) At least I think it was, you know. But I don't know. Do you have things you do now at the end of your service? Pardon? Close how we want to, and then turn it over to you. Uh, let's just close close your eyes for just a moment now father I've tried and I know I just I did my best And I trust you, Holy Spirit. I trust you. I do. You know each and every person. You know where they are in their walk with you. I pray for you to comfort, strengthen. And I pray, oh God, that every shackle that the enemy is trying to use in their lives in any way, In Jesus' name, Father, I come against that devil. I bind you by the power of the name of Jesus. And I declare you have no power over this people or any place in them. Your lies that you're speaking to them, the way you're trying to make them feel, I command that broken by the power of the name of Jesus. I loose you, my friend. I loose you from your wrong thinking. I loose you from those fetters and strongholds that the enemies tried to put in your life. Stand with me. Still heads bowed. Let's just stand for a moment. I want to ask you to do something. Would you lift your hands toward heaven? Those of you who feel comfortable doing so, just... Lift your hands and say this little prayer with me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Dear Jesus, I surrender all of me. You know my life. And you know the places where you're able to work freely in my life. But you also know those places where I need you to set me free. Break every bondage. Set me free. I want to live free. From this moment forward, I choose to live free in you. Thank you for your grace. Now you can put your hands down. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Maybe you're here today and you 
you've never really made a commitment of your life to Jesus. You've never had a moment you believe about him or maybe believe, but you're not sure if you're saved. Or maybe you were saved, but you feel like your life has drifted far away. Well, this is a great moment for all of that to be turned around and to change. If you're here right now and you say, I need God's work in my life. I need Jesus to come into my life. Or I need to restore my relationship with Jesus. I've gotten away, I've gotten into things that I ought not to be in, and I want that changed. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to pray for you right where you are. And if that's you, I want you just to slip your hand up so I know where you are so I can join with you in prayer. I need my relationship restored. I want Jesus to do a work in my life today. If that's you, put your hand up. Amen. Any others? Any others? Just hold it up and let me see. Yes, God bless you. Any others? Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Okay, we're going to all pray a prayer together. Those of you that raised your hands, we're going to pray this prayer with them, and you're going to mean it, and you're going to believe. You're going to believe. I ask you simply just to believe that God hears your prayer, and he's going to answer it. Let's all pray it out loud. Dear Jesus, I need you to work in my life. There are things that ought to be changed, but I can't change them. I need you, Jesus. Forgive me. Cleanse me. I'm yours the best way I know how. I throw open the door of my heart and I say, come in, Jesus. Live in me from this moment forward. I am yours. I know I'm yours. And I'm going to live for you by your grace in my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.